Hey everybody, welcome to the Band of Gamers podcast, episode number 73, I think, right? Yes, yes there it is right there. Thank you, thank you, Prime. Um, hey everybody, welcome back. It's uh, a band of guys who like talking about gaming. Um, we're parents, in some case grandparents, and uh, avid gamers, lifelong gamers maybe. Um, and this is our 73rd show. So I want to welcome back three of our regular co-hosts, DBQ Hams. Thanks for having me back, guys. Hopefully tonight my power will not kick off, and I will be here for the entire discussion. Osiris Prime. Hello, everybody. No catchy. No, not today. <laughs> I'm too tired. Yeah. I don't know if he has his coffee yet. Zeus Adamus. I think he's having some, some issues now. You're a little, you have, your volume's a little low. How about can you guys hear me now? Getting better. Better, yep, a little bit How more. How about can you guys hear me now? There oh, we that's go. good. Okay, sorry. All Let's right. see you guys. Good, hey, I, welcome I, back. I, I feel the need to enter an alibi that uh, I also need to talk about the Switch and, uh, and the NVIDIA Shield Pro Android TV. But well, only, as much, only as much as you guys can accommodate. We definitely will. Why? You know, and that's, and that's the big thing that happened last week is because DB had a power outage. And it's really windy here, so maybe I'll have one too. We got a storm coming in. Oh boy, storm coming! Um, you know, DB, who's a huge Nintendo fan, did not get the way in last week on the whole Switch discussion. So we look forward to really readdressing that this week because um, you know you can't have the band of gamers. We all have to have our voices heard here. That's why we're a band, we're a group. And uh, in any case, so we will definitely be getting to that. But we're going to start by talking about what we've been playing, because we haven't done that in a couple of weeks, and we're going to go right into DB, because DB wasn't here last week. So DB, what have you been playing lately? So I have been trying, uh, trying on my backlog. So that was, right, that was my New Year's resolution, was my uh, continue to chip away at my backlog. So the first two games on my backlog were to finish the Titanfall 2 campaign, uh, one of my favorite games of last year uh, in terms of both the single-player story and the amazing multiplayer. So I finished that, uh, and I also came back to and finished off the Gears of War Ultimate Edition, which was also on my backlog. I was in Act 4, and World Voyager from the CAG forums helped me finish it off, and that was that was great. And I've actually spent some time both on... PC and on Xbox One playing a couple rounds of Halo Wars 2 Blitz. So the RTS Halo Wars, uh, the sequel's coming out mid-late February, somewhere around there, and there's a multiplayer beta that is out right now from the 20th to the 30th of January. It is for both Xbox One and PC, and I've tried it on both, um, and I since it's an RTS, I certainly enjoy the PC version of it a little bit more because I'm used to those controls. But the the blitz aspect of it is is that it it almost mixes in. Oh, it's not quite card battling, but it's close. Where you have uh, card packs and you have different troops or units that you can call up uh, during the battle. Uh, 
through those cards, almost like burn cards, uh, where you you know you can have them, but if you have a certain number of of points, which you get by defeating enemies, holding capture points, so it almost plays out like a domination conquest type of mode in terms of there's multiple points on the map that each of the two sides have to hold, and the longer you hold them, you get more points, and the more points you have, the bigger um, the bigger units that you can call in, right? So uh, calling in a, a couple of uh, Marines is 30 points. Calling in a, a missile strike from above is 300 points. And so it, it plays out uh, pretty much, uh, you know, kind of, it almost plays out like a, like a multiplayer, uh, you know, kind of RTS shooter. In terms of the fact that you're, you know, you're not necessarily base building and you're not resource hunting in order to do that kind of StarCraft type of multiplayer piece, so it becomes a, a lot more frantic pace. It, the matches are over, you know, the match I lost it was over very quickly because the other person dropped out. Uh, but the match where there were actually four people in it, uh, it hung on for maybe. 10, 15 minutes, but it was short enough where you never felt like it was dragging on. You know, you could get in and get out. Um, yeah, it. I want to play more. I, I still haven't got used to the controls on the Xbox One yet, so I want to play with that a little bit more before the beta's up. Um, but if you enjoyed the first one, or if you enjoy RTSs or the Halo universe, uh, the story is supposed to pick up after Halo 5, which might actually help make Halo 5 make sense in terms of story. Uh, but I've enjoyed it to the point where I'm starting to look at the packages that it comes with in terms of pre-ordering um, or even just waiting for a sale because the Ultimate Edition comes, uh, is again, it's a cross-buy game for Xbox, right? So you get it on Windows 10 and on Xbox One. But then the Ultimate Edition also comes with a remaster of the original Halo Wars, which hasn't been on PC yet at this point. And so you get two games, you know. So again, if, if, if you enjoyed the first one or if there's a little bit of an RTS fan in your background somewhere, um, you know, for me, I have always enjoyed the idea of RTSs, but the ones that I've enjoyed, I enjoyed something that is not as resource busy. Um, and a little more uh, Warcraft 3 where there's some hero units and so Halo Wars kind of fits into that world So I'm, I'm curious to see how it plays out. Did anybody else get a chance to play around with the beta? I downloaded it <laughs> That's as far as I got. Yep. Well, there you go. Yep Well, maybe next week you might have a chance to play around with it because I'd be curious because I never played the first Halo Wars So I don't necessarily have a, a lot of a, you know context for it. So but so those are the the big games that I've been playing. Uh, Prime, I know you've also been trying to chip away at your backlog. Did you get a chance to cross some of those titles off your list? Yes, actually, I did. Uh, I was actually I went back to Watch Dogs after I had finished uh, Call of Duty: Advanced Warfare last week, <clears throat> and I actually finished that off. I finished the campaign, finished the story. I did that Saturday, I believe, Saturday night. Uh, I started like around 9.30 or so. I was like, oh, I'll play a mission or two. And that turned into about 4 or 5, maybe. <laughs> I was done about 11.30, 12 o'clock. So I just, at one point, I was just like, you know what? I got to be near the end. So I just kept going and kept chugging away at it. And it was actually pretty good. Pretty good story uh, overall. Nothing like earth-shattering, you know, kind of that revenge story kind of a thing. But uh, the la the very last thing you do, though, I'm not going to spoil it, obviously, because I don't want to spoil anything. But it's kind of interesting how they kind of, 
they ended it. So I'll just leave it at that. So if you wanna wanna find out, you have to play through the story. I don't know if anybody else played Watch Dogs at all, but did you pull the trigger? Maybe. <laughs> I let, uh, maybe. I let him talk for a little bit, and then I was like, all right, I'm done. So, so yeah, I'll just say that. So, so you, you finished it then, Prime, I'm assuming? Oh, Prime, go ahead. Did you, did you play the, so did you play Watch Dogs 2 as well? Have you played any of that yet? I actually started, I went through, like, the kind of tutorial uh, stage or level, I guess if you want to call it, the beginning of it, of Watch Dogs 2. Um, and then I was just kind of driving around the, the sit, uh, San Francisco city uh, for just a little bit. And uh, I just wanted to jump into it and kind of just kind of see a little bit of a difference. And there is a big, actually a pretty big difference, especially between the gameplay. Uh, they kind of switch things around uh, on the controller. I'm playing on Xbox One. So um, it, that was a little bit different as far as that goes. And then uh, just you can do a few more things than you could in, in the first Watch Dogs. So, uh, and from, from what I've seen so far, I haven't. Like I said, I only played a little bit of the, the beginning, so. But it, it seems interesting. It seems a lot. Graphics seem a lot better. Everything seems a lot, you know, um, cleaner and gameplay and the the cars, the driving, the first in the the first Watch Dogs, they're okay. It felt a little weird, especially when you're on a motorcycle. It just, I don't know. It just, I don't even know how to explain it when you're driving. But in this one, it seems a lot better. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to hear. Um once you had a play, had a chance to play a little more of that cuz cuz I stayed out of the first Watch Dogs cuz it cuz it didn't get you know great great reviews i mean there were people who really loved it and there were people who like felt it was very lackluster um for all the buzz and hype that there was about it before it released uh yeah but i jumped in with Watch Dogs 2 and kind of like you i've just played like the initial tutorial um and you know a few minutes after that so uh i'd be very interested to hear your your comments after you've gotten through a bit more and, and have a chance to compare the two. Yeah, I think a lot of it too was with, with the first Watch Dogs was, was the, uh, and I hate to say this, but obviously people like this, but the graphics, there was definitely a, a big graphics letdown when they initially sh- like previewed the game with the first Watch Dogs and bef- until you know it actually came out, there was definitely a drop in quality. Uh, I thought it was okay. I thought it was fine. I'm not a big graphics guy. You know, I've said that many times, but uh, there's definitely a difference if you, you go back and watch like the previews and then you see the final result, but it was still a pretty good game. A uh, little repetitive, especially near the end, um, but it, it was pretty good. I, I'd, I'd, you know, if you play it, I'd stick with it. Um, <clears throat> so, and then after I did that, so, well, after you said that, Zeus, now that you said you, you're interested to see if I'm going to play Watch Dogs a little bit more, but I'm actually putting that in the back burner because I kind of burnt out on the, uh, the kind of open world games right now. So I want to, I jumped over to um, the walking dead season one, episode one. Um, so I want to go through the first episode, at least of the walking dead. I actually got a bunch of telltale games from probably like a couple years ago when they have the sales. I think I bought it on a winter sale where it was like four or five of the games that you got, you like all seasons for. So I'm going to at least go through the first season of walking dead. And I think there's, it has two seasons, the one I got. So I'll run through that. And I've, I played the first episode of The Walking Dead like four or five times now <laughs> on different things. The 360, the Xbox One. I think on my iPad at one point I started it and even on my iPod or not iPod, but um, my iPhone when I had it. <clears throat> I've switched over to, to um, Android now. But uh, so I want to just kind of run through it and at least get through the first season. So I started that. Um, they get then, better. They get better. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I just, I just stopped playing at a certain point just because there's so much coming around, and I was like, okay, I'll get back to this later. It's you know, a couple hours, I would say, an episode, right? I think so. Yeah, I played through all of them on PlayStation Three 
back a couple years ago. But. Yeah, so I should be able to get through them pretty quickly. Um, and it's kind of the game, you know, when I did play it, uh, you know, I was pretty engrossed in it, and, you know, you can interact with stuff. And it's obviously not a, like an action-y game or anything like that, if you know Telltale Games, but it's pretty interesting with the story and all, all the choices you have to make. Uh, and then just a couple other games I played real quick. I played a fighting game, actually, um, the first time in I don't know how long, well, definitely this year, but even maybe even last year. Uh, I went back and played a little bit of Killer Instinct. Uh, I think Season 2 was free last month, I believe, or maybe even still this month. Um, so I was playing a little bit of that, and I was actually doing pretty decent. I don't know, I picked it up. Or I should say, I was playing it, man, probably a year and a half ago, and I was just getting destroyed. Uh, I wasn't playing online or anything. I was just even just playing through the the AI. And I was just getting killed. I just couldn't do any of the moves. But here, I was, you know, doing a little bit better. And uh, kind of like with Battlefront, I, I don't know. Maybe I just had to go away from it from a little bit and come back. And you know, I was able to to get into it a little bit more. So I might jump to that a little bit more in the future. Uh, and then, of course, I was playing Rocket League. Lots and lots of Rocket League this weekend. So my my new Call of Duty, as I like to say. Uh, so just jumping into that playing, I've done seasons locally, or I should say offline, and then I've just been playing online a bunch too. So it's been really fun. Uh, other than that, that is pretty much it. I thought there was something else I played, but I can't remember it right now. But uh, Zeus, how about you? What you've been playing lately? Um. So. Uh... I'm sorry, I just, I just got completely uh, <laughs> uh, mind-boggled between uh, my YouTube channel and uh, and where I'm logged in and, uh, and trying to look at the agenda, so both of which have what I've been playing on them in different formats, so uh, sorry. Um, so I uh, picked up a couple of uh, turn-based strategy games this week, uh, actually this month kind of, uh, um, th- three games that I picked up wound up being a turn-based strategy game, so... Um, so, so last night I, uh, I live streamed a little bit of um, Stars in Shadow for the PC, uh, which is a new uh, 4X uh, kind of space exploration. Uh, what is it? Explore, exploit, um, exterminate. Yeah, explore, exploit, exterminate, and something else. So uh, xylophone. <laughs> <laughs> So they're they're classic. They're games that are classically in that style of yep. uh, galactic civilizations, mm-hmm. uh, Masters of Orion, uh, th- those kind of games. Um, so so I played uh, about an hour of that last night. Uh, preceded that with an hour of um, of uh, Warhammer Forty Thousand uh, Sanctus Reach, which is another turn-based uh, strategy game, um, of, uh, very much in the vein of uh, it's. It's turn-based, but it's highly tactical, so there are no, like, resources to harvest or anything like that. You start off each battle with a set number of resource points, and that determines how many units um, you, can, uh, you, can, uh, you can take with you onto the battlefield. But, uh, but once, once you have that set, that's it. Now, um, each, I think each time, it's, it's either a trigger event within each map, or it's once you... Um, destroy a certain number of uh, of enemies. You then get uh, reinforcement points um, and can call down uh, reinforcement dropships. So, uh, so in the middle of the first uh, fight that I was in last night, um, I, uh, I got a reinforcement and that dropped in uh, an actual uh, mech. So a, uh, a a slightly larger than uh, than human size mech. So if you think kind of um, kind of avatar size uh, mech. Uh, so. So that was pretty cool, and it definitely uh, kind of—I um, won't say it turned the tide because I was—I was 
we were doing pretty well uh, in that uh, scenario, but it, I was definitely able to bring in that one additional unit um, at a at a critical place on the battlefield that I needed uh, just one extra unit uh, with, uh, with with the smaller group of forces that I had broken off. Because um, I had uh, when the battle started, what I did was I took the majority of my forces and sent them down to the to the left flank of the uh, of the combat that was going on to take the main victory point. But I kind of uh, left a smaller rear guard detail that that swung out onto the onto the right flank um to do some skirmishing and prevent units that were coming down trying to take the rear guard victory point um and they were doing fine but it was getting a little worrisome because uh, more units started massing up uh, on that rear guard action than i expected and then i was able to drop the mech in and that kind of turned the tide there um uh which which kept me from having to uh to send any units from my larger attack force over uh, to the east uh, so, so that was pretty cool, and, uh, and so all those were on PC. Um, I, I'd also earlier this month bought. Um, I always mess this name up. Uh, Shadow Shadow Tactics Blades of the Shogun, a, a very long title for a game releasing in January. Um, but uh, I'd picked that up also. So I've been playing a lot of turn-based strategy. Uh, but but right before uh, Stars and Shadow and Warhammer, um, I played. Probably, probably for the better part of a week, I definitely played three nights of a kind of two-hour game sessions a piece of uh, Middle Earth: Shadow of Mordor, um, which was a launch window title for the PS4 uh, that I wound up not not bothering to pick up until the second holiday season of the PS4, uh, and then didn't play it that much. And then, of course, I upgraded my uh, PS4 hard drive over the holiday break, um, and 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 uh, abandoned all my game saves. So I was starting over. Uh, but I, I spent enough time in it uh, digging through the backlog uh, to kind of get reacquainted with that combat system. Um, in, in, in kind of a, a very brief, not as much as my Destiny uh, love affair of last year, but uh, but 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 kind of a briefly kindled uh, really enjoyment. Like I didn't I didn't spend enough time in that game before to realize how much I really liked the combat system uh, in that game. Um, it it is similar in style to kind of the the Batman Arkham series, um, but but I think it's a lot better. Uh, it's a lot more fluid. Um, there's a lot less kind of getting stuck jankiness to it. Um, a lot less of like trying to pull off a move and it it like not working or just kind of wind up you wind up punching the air uh, sometimes in in Batman. Um, like it 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 felt like not only was he powerful but that he was skilled. Um, and it and it quickly, pretty quickly, sets you up with a decent array of power, so that there's enough variety that you don't feel like you're just spamming, um, you know, the sword button or whatever. So, uh, so yeah, so I had a really, uh, really, uh, really good time uh, gaming last week. So, Gray, what about you? Well, you know, I haven't played much. Um, played a little Astroneer, played a little Vegas One. Um, played a little uh, Elite Dangerous. I actually played a lot of Elite Dangerous. Made twenty four mil at the CG, but um, but yeah, kind of kind of uh, playing Vegas One reminds you how ugly it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow, that's really stepping back, man. And uh, the terrorist on Vegas One just uh, was so totally amped up with Vegas 2. Just, you know, it's hard going back playing and, and playing Terrorist Hunt in Vegas 1 because you you get no respawns, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the nice thing about, I think, Vegas 2, you can get up to two respawns. So and that's cool. I mean, that's 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 pretty cool because uh, everybody makes a mistake, right? <laughs> but, um, 
Let's uh, segue right into the news, and uh, we'll go right back to DBQ for his news stories. So I, I don't have a whole lot. Mine's pretty pretty bland, but it's also a topic that I've brought up probably a year ago, two years ago as well. So Ars Technica, Kyle Orlan over at Ars Technica, who's been a, a writer in a variety of places, Joystick, uh, EGM, uh, Crispy Gamer for a while. He was doing like games over lunchtime. I've been following him. He actually put out, back when I was, so this is my academic in me, is where he actually put out a style guide to video game writing. So as a librarian, I thought that was pretty neat. Um, but anyhow, that's a sidetrack. Sorry, guys. But his new story, the piece that they picked up over at Ars Technica, is again uh, just talking about the PlayStation 4 uh, selling and having an install base of 2 to 1 over Xbox. Uh, again, even after this recent holiday and the sales and the different SKUs and the Xbox One and the PlayStation Pro and the Slim, that it still remains basically a 2 to 1 uh, lead over Xbox. And the the twist of the article, which I thought was interesting and why I wanted to bring it up, is that it, it's not simply just reporting the you know, the install base, which is there and it doesn't necessarily drastically mean anything, but it also talked about kind of the, the potential for profits in the install base, uh, you know, the, the benefit or lack of incentive for uh, platform exclusives. And so where a platform exclusive on Sony potentially has a much stronger install base, you know, with Microsoft and a smaller install base, uh, the the margin of error on that, uh, you know, release is probably going to be a little more challenging, uh, which I think also comes into discussion from a two weeks ago uh, with Scalebound, right? Like the idea of if this isn't something that may not make back its money, you know, when as a business piece, when do you make that call? So, Gray, I'm seeing you thinking pretty strongly over there, or at least you have a ponderous look on. So, there you go. Now you have your mm, stroking your goatee. So, what are, what are your thoughts on this? You know, I read that article about um, about the 26 million Xbox sold and the 55 PlayStation sold. It, the PlayStation numbers come from Sony, so they're pretty pretty valid. Um, the Xbox number is a guess, and the way they went about that guess, I wasn't convinced that it was a valid methodology to guess how many they have actually sold. That said, um, I do think Microsoft is is well behind Sony this time around. However, as the, as the article you, you pointed out said, Microsoft's ahead of the 360, and I think everybody thought yep. that the 360 was a very um, successful platform. Yeah. It's an unqualified success, very much so. Yeah. And so they're ahead of the 360. And the other thing is, um, you know, Microsoft sells practically no Xboxes in Japan. So I, I don't even know why they continue to, to pursue Japan. It, it's probably a money loser for them. But um, in any case, I think uh, I think in the U.S. it's a much closer race. And I think Microsoft is, is doing something smart because if uh, Xbox One and Windows 10 become the same platform, then they have a huge lead in the market. Yeah, no, so, I, and even bringing this article up and talking about it, I, I don't bring it up as a PlayStation fanboy. I, I bring it up, you know, that I think there are angles where it, it is questionable, but I think your point of of them, of the Xbox One still outselling the 360 means that for developers, 
that's still a huge install base. I mean, there was a willingness and a drive in the last generation to, you know, that install base was a success. And so I, I agree with you. And I think about even the game I was just talking about before with Halo Wars 2, right? The the ability to buy that, and, you know, Zeus has done that with Gears 4 and Forza, you know, the ability to have it on multiple platforms suddenly makes the value proposition of an Xbox exclusive, or, or at least even a cross-buy game, a, a lot you know, a lot greater because for people who have that capacity, it changes the game. Well, and I think um, it's it's very interesting. Now, I'm a big Sony fan. I got a lot of Sony equipment in this room. Um, I just uh, the I was never I was a Sega guy before I was a Microsoft guy, and I think a lot of Xbox guys were were former Sega guys too. Um, that said, you know, it's it's very interesting. To watch the complicated dance that our current mega corporations do, so watching the dance of Microsoft, watching Sony, watching Samsung, watching Apple, watching every Amazon, right, Google, right, just watching how they're all not only in the electronic space but also in the gaming space, all the things they're doing in the VR space, right, probably the newest startup. Um, it's so interesting to see what they're doing and and. Uh, you know, Sony's play for the living room is definitely working. They got a great machine, right, at a great price. And uh, they've always been an awesome technology company. They made a huge mistake with the with the PS3 architecture, but uh, they're back on top. And uh, so kudos to them. Um, and it's interesting to see Microsoft parlay that with their play anywhere, trying to make the Xbox One and Windows 10 kind of one platform. So interesting, but... but uh, you know, I still think you know if you can sell 26 million games, you're going to be a happy, a happy game manufacturer. So, so uh, e either console, I think, and and I think the tools have developed, and I, I hope I'm I'm right about this, that the tools have developed so that it's easy for them to publish to an Xbox One, PS4, PS4 Pro, Scorpio, PC. I hope I hope that is a seamless because some of the developers have said that their tools are seamless that way. So hopefully they are. Yeah, I think, and I think the other piece that we're not talking about, and it's alluded to in the article a little bit, is attach rates, right? The idea of you may have 50 million of an install base, but if that install base is it's sitting on a shelf or it's being used as a Blu-ray player or it's only one or two games a year versus an Xbox install uh, attach rate, which is has been traditionally higher, I think that that is another factor here. So... But I think the, the 26, 26 million is as Xbox One, I think it's a really good segue into one of Zeus's articles in terms of what Nintendo thinks they're going to be able to sell with the Switch. And and those, I'll just let Zeus talk about that news story. Yeah, so this is actually a, a research firm, uh, DFC Intelligence, who was predicting uh, 40 million units, who is projecting 40 million units sold of the Nintendo Switch uh, by the year 2020. Now, that would be the uh, uh, fourth holiday season for that console. Um, so I think that's absolutely feasible. Um, that would put it uh, at the numbers that... Um, PS3 would have been turning the corner on as it entered its uh, third holiday season. Um, so, so, so I think it's definitely feasible. Uh, I think one of the things, and, 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 and if you guys don't mind, I, I think we're still going to continue to talk a little bit about how 
Um, I, I think people are missing the mark when they try and draw a comparison. You know, they, they try and make an analysis of the Nintendo Switch and they say, and then they, they flourish it with, you know, this is, this is based on a comparison too. And then I go, okay, but that's not what it's really going head to head against. Right. So, 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 so people talk about these units and they talk about them in the context of the, the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, but, but the Nintendo Switch um, is, is, is half on the footing of, um, of, of cannibalizing Nintendo 3DS sales um, as much as it is uh, being a Wii U replacement, right? So, um, and, and, and the Nintendo 3DS is, uh, I'm not sure exactly where it ranks. I think it might be. It might be number one, or it might be it's somewhere between one and six in terms of uh, largest selling um, gaming device, you know, gaming handheld or gaming console ever. So, um, and you know, when it launched, it didn't launch at a price too far away from this two ninety nine. It may have actually launched at two ninety nine. Um, in whatever price it launched at, it would launch. What's that? Two fifty is what it launched at in April of or okay. March of eleven. Right. <laughs> Um, which, which even Nintendo admitted uh, within about six months was a horrific error. I um, mean, they dropped it to one ninety nine, I believe, was the first price drop, um, and and it kind of started turning the corner um, once it dropped uh, that price. And this is obviously a more capable device um, that's that's only launching fifty dollars higher than the three DS did. So, so again, when when I when I think about um, uh, console con- console sales, you know, head to head console sales. Um, as well as as well as sales numbers that could be generated from the handheld space, um, I, I don't see any reason to really question those numbers a great deal. So, so great. Do you? I, I have some other notes that I want to mention about the Switch. Do Do we want to do that now and give? Yeah, go ahead. Keep going. So, um, and then DBQ, maybe you can follow up uh, with with your comments since you didn't get a chance uh, to participate last week. Um, and this is again in, in the vein of things that I think people are missing the mark on. Um, so, so, so people are, are, are ballyhooing, you know, a few of the features of the Switch, or, or maybe things that they think the Switch doesn't have. Uh, one of the big ones that I heard people um, uh, throw shade at uh, the the um, how, what do I want to call it the uh, the vibration uh, in the controller, um, and just kind of deriding it as. Uh, just an overly hyped or overly advanced uh, rumble effect, um, but but that's not solely what it is, right? What it, what it is is it's actually a, a little more akin to the taptic feedback that you get um, in the newest iPhones. So it's not just there to um, immerse you, right, so to speak, um, by giving you uh, by giving you you know in-game um, vibration effects. It's it's actually there. So that uh, as you are, you know, maybe manipulating a physical object uh, in, with your in-game avatar, to actually enhance the feedback that you get in multiple dimensions of what's going on on the screen. So, um, if you're rolling a ball, it, it will give you feedback based on the direction that you're rolling the ball and and and, and having both hands on the ball. Um, it will increase the feedback and, and feedback vectors that you get in a racing game. So, so this is actually pretty huge um, in terms of uh, in innovation in, um, in in gaming input. Um, and like I said, it's not just you're not just going to feel like double the rumble effect, right? <laughs> when you're when you're playing a game, it's a lot more sophisticated than that. Um, second thing is, and I think some other Nintendo devices have done this in the past, but it's still particularly of note. Um, when you go to multiplayer, 
um, with friends locally. Um, the, this, this device actually, the devices can generate, the, can have their own self-generated uh, mesh network um, that all the devices can then attach to to play local multiplayer. So um, when you when you take your Wii, out, or your Wii when you take your Switch on the go, uh, and and if you're going to meet up with other Switch players, um, you are not dependent on having a, a Wi-Fi network for the for them to attach to. So so that's where you get, even though it's on, it seems silly when you see it on the screen. That's how you get like the four guys playing in the park, um, uh, with uh, you know with their with their switches with no nearby like Wi-Fi network. Um, another thing that I uh, that I heard today is that uh, apparently with the tablet, um, uh, you know, Yankee uh, um, having it in the dock uh, is seamless and on the fly, so it's just like a hot swappable hard drive. So. Um, you can be in the middle of a game. You can just walk up and yank the tablet out, and the game will instantly transfer to the tablet with no disruption in gameplay. Um, you don't have to pause it. You don't have to, you know, do some kind of crazy hijinks to like get the game to transfer. Uh, you just yank it out and uh, pick it up and go, um, or pop it in. Um, and then the last thing is, uh, there's also been a lot of disdain over the notion of the app um, that you can use to interact with the device. Um, the app actually has a purpose. It's for, uh, you know, being able to do things with the device, uh, such as use it as a remote control or whatever, um, without having to um, uh, interface directly with the device itself. But the other huge thing is uh, parental controls are in the app. So, um, so you give the switch to your kid, the kid goes off to their room, you can set alarms on it to tell you how long they've been playing. Um, you can do, you can lock them out of certain functions after a certain time. Um, and you can look at uh, statistics uh, from from runtime applications uh, on um, you know on the app on the phone. So so that to me as a parent has a huge amount of utility. I mean it's absolutely worth having having an app um, that's off on the phone. Uh, the other final thing I'll say on that is because again cause they, a lot of the criticisms I think are very irrational. Um, Xbox One obviously has an app that allows you to interface and administer your device um, from the app. And same with PlayStation 4. Uh, you know, 90% of the time that I communicate with people in messages on either one of those platforms, it's on my phone, um, not uh, on the device itself. So that's it. That's my tirade. Those are those are my technical notes throughout the day as I uh, continue to do research and came across things that, uh, that 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 people are just flat out wrong about. Can, <laughs> so can I add something? Turn over to you. <clears throat> can I add something actually before DB goes about the app? Yeah, I, think, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think one of the problems. Uh, that well, one of the problems that people were having was I don't know if they really conveyed this during their presentation. I'd have to go back and look, but um, I guess they they mentioned uh, during the presentation that you can use the app to do I guess like the party and the do you do chat somehow through it or something like that. I don't know if they clarified that at all. Like afterwards, I think that was one of the big problems with the app. A lot of people had. Uh, I, I don't I, not hopefully you don't have to just use the app to do like the, the chat and the, the partying and stuff like that. But I think that was one of the major issues that, that everybody was having. Like they never really said you can do it just through the system itself or the council. Yeah. I, I definitely admit that was a lot of these issues. Um, it's a, it's a translation problem, right. And a messaging problem. Um, but, but I also accept that, you know, Nintendo is uh, far more of a, of a, of a, company that's oriented around Japanese culture um, than, uh, than the other companies. Um, you know, they, I, I, I think Nintendo has the, has the smallest and the least empowered uh, Western arm um, of its divisions. 
Um, I think far less so than than Sony's PlayStation divisions, and and obviously Microsoft is a Western company, so um, you know I I don't, don't want to give them a buy, but but that's definitely part of you know what what, what came across. And the other thing is, as as neat as this device might be from a hardware first perspective, I, I think by and large Nintendo looks at their hardware as a commodity, right? It's it's just to give them a venue to deploy their games on, um, and if you and if you kind of kind of listen in on the titles or watch the title the subtitles come across for the people um, who came and did the pre- presentation like those guys weren't hardware guys like the like the, the the one guy who came up and identified himself as a hardware lead was fourth in the presentation for a console launch right so they're launching hardware and the hardware guy comes up fourth he's preceded by uh, two software guys well, it's because that's all the games they had. <laughs> they had three games. <laughs> they needed to bring a hardware guy in, right? Well no, well, well, no, not only that, but but it's it's because th- what they do is they take software guys and put them on on leading the development of the console. So the hardware guys and the hardware teams report to software guys who get temporarily loaned to build out the hardware. And then as soon as the hardware is ready or at various phases of the project, those software guys go back to leading development teams. So, you know, it's, it, I think that's, I think that says a little bit about their messaging and that, you know, they're, they're really just giving you the basic facts. They're maybe not digging as deep into some of the details like, uh, like Microsoft or, or Sony might. Yeah, I think that's a big piece of their, you know, that's historically, that's part of their kind of corporate philosophy, you know, that there's been uh, controllers designed around games, uh, not just for, you know, the, the Nintendo 64 and the analog controller, but, uh, you know, going back and thinking about Game Boy design and the different games there, you know, some of the Game Boy design was, was hardware driven, but uh, on their home consoles, it's been a lot of, you know, the software has, has helped drive that. You're right, in terms of design. Yeah, and I don't. It, it, I don't know if you. I'm sorry, I occupied more, more time than I probably should have, as always. But uh, either you can go, or if you want to, I'm willing to cede the rest of my time to. Uh, oh, to to you, since you have had to get out of here. I'm sorry. I thought that was Prime who was saying he needed to leave early. So, uh, so go right ahead. No, no, no. I I will say uh, my two cents on on the switch, and then I'll kick it over to Prime because Prime still got more news stories to talk about. So I think the 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 most switch stuff. The interesting thing of uh, so I'll kick it over to you, but I do want to <laughs> say, yeah, I am really interested to hear how bullish you are on this device, Zeus. You know that for somebody who is tech focused and hardware focused, to hear your your interest and excitement. I listened to the last week's podcast. You know, it was it's very interesting to me because of the angle that you come at this, where I come at this as, you know, as a parent, as, as a player, you're thinking about it on the, on the tech side. And you're right. I mean, if, if people haven't watched the Bowser and Bowser Jr. parental control video in terms of what the switch can do, you know, it, it is, they're aware of what Gray was talking about last week in terms of it is going to be a handheld in, in a lot of capacities, even if they haven't quite figured out that in the messaging piece yet. Um, I think that that with their, you know, with their messaging on the parental controls, it's certainly a factor there. So Prime, that I will turn it over to you and let you keep talking about uh, talking about some Switch news and some other news as well. Okay. Yes. Uh, and actually, before I say that, talk about the Switch. Uh, there are seven launch title games now. One, two, three, four, six, seven. So just so you know, Gray. <laughs> There's yeah, not just three anymore. Yeah, those are Legend of Zelda. 
<laughs> Ultimate Edition, Super no, no. Remastered. No. <laughs> There's actual games. No, I'm just I'm just playing. <clears throat> All right. Well, so, two, two two more got announced today, right? Well, there's so two the, more. So, the so, gold so edition, the, the bronze edition. <laughs> no, so uh, gosh, what was it? Um, I I am Setsuna, which has been out on PC and yes. PlayStation platforms since last year, right? I mean, there are there's a, a number of games that are ports that are coming out and counting as launch titles that right. we've been able to buy for years now. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so there's that. I I guess what's 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 hopeful to me about that is um, the the launch lineup is continuing to be fleshed out, right? So, so, so while yes, it, it may be some some rehash and trash in there, um, it just it it allows for the potential that we'll see a few things, a few more things pop. Um, it 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 wouldn't surprise me at all if there were little tidbits that Nintendo was still a bit gun shy about putting into the announcement until they saw them firm up, um, and and that there might be the possibilities of seeing additional games pop into the launch lineup. So Prime, we've kind of stepped on your news, but what are those other two new those other two games that you're that you're excited about? Oh, as far as launch titles or just silver, bronze. <laughs> so, Prime, I believe you have real news and launch titles, and not just <laughs> variant versions of of Gray's uh, card packs that he's buying. <laughs> yeah, so well, I don't have any launch titles, but I do have a couple of news stories, uh, kind of smaller things, I guess, if you, if you look at them. But originally, they said there were going to be um, two things were going to be missing from the Switch. Uh, Street Pass, which I really don't understand, but maybe in the future. And the Miis, who aren't, weren't going to be on the system. But now, it looks like they've they've switched gears on the Miis, at least. And they will be on the system, but they won't be mandatory, is what they're saying, which I, I don't know if they were ever they ever really were. Maybe on the Wii U, I think you ha- you might have to create a Mii when you're doing like the, the startup the, for the first time. Yep, in order to have a profile, you needed to create a Mii. That yeah, okay. That's what I thought. It's been a while since I had to create that. I started that, but yeah. So, but now it's you know it'll be on the system. It'll be there. You can go in there. Assuming there'll be like a little me app or whatever on the system, you can create your me. Uh, and then also for developers, um, the choice will be there if you, if you want to you know throw your me throw the me's into the um, the game you're creating. So I mean that's nice. It's fine. Uh, I kind of always liked the me's. It was kind of just kind of goofy thing to do. And you know now that I have a kid, he's always wanting to create stuff. And, you know, different either himself or just whatever you know some kind of monstrosity of some kind uh, which you can do um so there was that and then the other story i had were was um if i could find it here uh post-launch streaming apps which i believe mr gray <laughs> you were asking about last week i believe uh so they're not gonna obviously they're not gonna have anything uh, on launch day at least as far as they as far as right now but post-launch, they're saying, you know, they're looking into um, the video streaming apps like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon, YouTube and all that. And, I'm, you know, most likely, you know, they might have something, maybe Netflix, YouTube on launch day, maybe, possibly. But at the very least, you know, in the near future after it launches, I'm sure they'll they'll have those apps on there. Um, I can't remember if it was on the website or maybe on the Facebook page. I was kind of mentioning how, you know, they're, kinda, they're probably just kind of focusing on, you know, the games and obviously launch titles a little thin, but, you know, they want to focus on the games that they have and, you know, kind of do all that streaming stuff kind of later on. Kind of how, you know, PlayStation and Xbox kind of did it. Well, Xbox eventually, because they, they didn't start out that way, but, um, you know, they want to they want to put the uh, the games first and then they'll go on to, you know, Netflix and um, what was the other one I was thinking of? Twitch. I'm sure they'll probably get on there eventually since they'll have video sharing, you know, 
post-launch also. They didn't say when, but sometime in the future, they'll, you'll be able to share video, or at least share videos. I don't know if you'll be able to stream, but um, so there's that. So um, anything in particular you guys are looking for as far as apps, or do you even really care on the Switch? E-reader. E-reader. <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like, to, uh, like to read my uh, books on it because I read a lot of books. So Amazon, uh, Kindle. Kindle, give me the Kindle. You know, I, I kind of like what uh, Zeus and I were talking about this on Facebook, uh, and I kind of like his approach, and I probably messed this up, but it really it really resonated with me that, you know, if you're jumping into the Switch in March, you know you're jumping in, like, on day one. It's, like, brand new, early access almost, you know. You're going to get a handful of games, and, you know, throughout the remainder of the year, as they build up to the big holiday season where they're going to sell most of them, that's, you know, you're going to get the features added over time. And I think if you look at it that way, if you're not expecting it to be fully baked when it comes out, like you probably would if you saw a new 3DS come out or, a, you know, a 4DS or whatever come out, um, then I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and it makes a lot of sense that they launch it around this time for the Japanese market versus the American market. So, you know, I, you know, I may tease them a lot by having five different versions of one game and then uh, one other title with their launch, launch lineup. But, uh, in any case, no, I, I mean, you know, if it's a full system by the holidays, then I think they've they've accomplished. I mean, if they have everything that they have on the 3DS or most of it by the holidays, uh, I think they've accomplished, you know, their mission. So I just want to say that I agree with Gray on a Nintendo discussion. Uh, mark the records, this happens. So, but I think that is the real key point, right? This is the one, here's my, my 30 second piece on the Switch. I think the uh, I may not be satisfied with the price or the launch lineup or a number of pieces, but I understand that they don't have to have a pack-in game because they're going to sell out their 2 million units that they can produce this fiscal year. They don't have to sell it at a price that it's going to attract families because there are enough people who can pay full price for it. You know, the big... The big launch comes in the holiday season when they can put a pack-in game, when they can bundle it and they've got a, a bigger lineup and can do a number of things and they have the infrastructure there to do that. So, yeah, I think that's my, my one quick piece is that it doesn't have to be fully baked, as Gray said, that it can be something that develops and evolves. DB, I mean, let, let's hear your thought on the price. I, I think this is the, and I don't know if you heard it last week, but I think this is like the... The you know the initial launch is everything in a box and and, and it does to me look like a three hundred dollar value, but I I I would imagine there's going to be a mobile a portable only version of this that's going to be in the if not the two forty nine between one one ninety nine and two forty nine. So tell us your thoughts on the pricing. So I don't think that there'll be a mobile only version this year. I think if it comes out, it'll come out in eighteen because they've still got enough three DS games in the pipeline that they can't kill off that platform yet where i think as soon as they sell it at a mobile only and they bring it down right a new a new 3ds xl costs 200 dollars, and so even if they would knock off 50 dollars or you know for the 90 dollar cradle that they're selling it's you know they're they're working against themselves there so i i, I could see it happening eventually but i don't see it happening this this year based on i think they've got they always have supply channel problems in terms of, uh, of meeting demand and whether that's uh, done by design or by conservative estimates on production. Uh, but I, I feel like they'll be able to sell what they have and they don't need to package multiple different pieces yet. 
and it, yeah. it gives them other plays. Do you do you think? I mean, you take the cradle out, you take the uh, the grip out, you take the two uh, straps out, which have the shoulder button plastic things on them, and the HDMI cable. To me, do you, I mean? Do you think that they they could get down to one ninety nine if they did that in eighteen? Sure, I think so. Well, especially because in theory, the production of the unit's going to be cheaper as as it goes on, as all hardware is. But I think if if we come through the E three cycle and there's not any new three DS games announced, they've kind of telegraphed the fact that they're going to it, it will be, you know, I think they're hedging their bets because if this thing bombs, they've they've got lots of troubles. Um, and the piece that we haven't seen on the 3DS and, or on the the Switch in terms of games is we haven't seen those kind of cheaper to produce 3DS games, right? That that the production cycle of a 3DS game, the the budget of that is is much smaller than what they're trying to put together for, you know, a, a Zelda or any even one two Switch. But I think the you know all the things that you guys are talking about. You know, from last week, I think still holds play. Uh, the fact that the battery life that people, you know, to get on Zeus's uh, bandwagon, the, the fact that people are are complaining about things, the the battery life of the original 3DS was three hours to five hours, and it wasn't until the new 3DS where they kind of changed that battery and it it went from you know three and a half to seven. So to say that the Nintendo Switch off the cradle is going to do two and a half to five. It is not drastically different. I think it, it it depends on the, you know, what is your context and comparison point. If you're talking about an iPad versus another Nintendo product, sure, that's different. But if you're comparing Nintendo products that have been, we've considered a three-hour battery life portable for a 3DS without any question. So, well, in my thing, I that's again one of those one of those misfires. I, I think, right? I I think the comparison point that is most valid is comparing it to an Android tablet, right? And if I, and if I take my Samsung Galaxy S2 tab or Galaxy Tab S2, right, the, the, the high-end 10-inch Samsung tablet from, from last year, and I go and I play a, a bunch of high-end games on it, it's going to last two and a half to five hours, and it's not going to hit the five hours, right? It's going to probably, I'll be lucky to get the two hours on it, and it's probably going to be about, probably about three um, I would say maybe three and a half. Um, so, so it's 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 completely and squarely in the ballpark. Yeah, you just mentioned uh, just to comment real quick on uh, what Gray was saying about bringing the price down. Uh, I mean, the dock itself, I think, is what like eighty dollars or so, ninety dollars, somewhere around there, I believe. So, I mean, you can you can yep, chop up ninety dollars. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if they decide to do that next year, where they're just going to do a mobile version, I mean, that's that alone is a big chunk of change right there. So. The, the the big question for me on that is going to be is going to depend on does Nintendo see that tablet as the system or do they see that as a replacement part? Because because the problem with with going with with the mobile only uh, thing, um, particularly given that Nintendo is I think the, the the one of the big three that is the most concerned about piracy, um, is you know. Do do people run around and buy a bunch of those things on the cheap, right? And then figure out a way to hack them if it's Android lying underneath the surface of the OS, um, and 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 getting in there and doing what they want. Um, that's a little that's a slightly different dynamic than if they package it always as a full kit. Um, and in order to do that, people would have to pay the three hundred bucks, um, which might still happen. Um, but 
I, I, I feel like they want to look at that tablet as that's that's a replacement part that you buy if you're as brakes for your whole system, um, not as a system in and of itself. But but I, I could definitely be wrong on that. So we started the news off talking about sales numbers for consoles. Should we finish the news talking about sales numbers for software? Zeus, do you have some NPDs? I, I, I do, and, I, and I'll try and run through this quickly. So, so there's actually a little bit more than the game titles, right? The, the, the one issue, and I have had the most difficult time parsing this because a, a few sites have reported that the game's hardware industry crested $30 billion this year. Um, I think the reality is that the games industry crested $30 million and that the hardware portion of that was just south of $4 billion, I think. So we was it, was it on this show? Well, no, it was on another podcast. So, so one of the things I talked about on another podcast is, uh, is um, that uh, the last year, I think, was very strong in terms of uh, PC gaming hardware with the release of the 1000 series uh, GeForce cards um, and Intel finally getting their act together and getting Skylake out on the street. Um, I think it was probably one of the best years. I, I would say it's one of, the, one of the best years in PC gaming as far as... Um, high-end uh, PC component hardware hitting the street that was affordable um, since uh, since the Pentium 4 launched uh, back in 2001, 2-ish. Um, so, uh, so, so I think that, that buoyed, buoyed the, uh, the PC uh, gaming um, industry, which, which was part of these numbers uh, that fed in. I, I think PC gamers spent a good chunk on hardware last year as we look at that uh, nicely newly assembled box behind Gray. Um, he was one of the people who contributed to that $3.7 billion. Um, so uh, so on the game side, uh, Call of Duty came in at number one, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Uh, Battlefield 1 was two. Um, some other notable, notables at the top to maybe talk about it. Tom Clancy's The Division was third, which surprises me. Um, NBA 2K17 was fourth, beating out Madden NFL 17 at fifth, which really surprised me. Overwatch, which was game of the year for many websites, was only seventh. Uh, Black Ops 3, which is which was the, I mean, great Scott, it was the Call of Duty iteration two year, two years ago, so three versions back, um, and it was it squeezed in at number eighth, beating out FIFA 17, um, which has been going gangbusters since the World Cup started being. Uh, widely televised around the world and accessible via the internet uh, only came in at ninth. Um, and despite a lot of gripes about Final Fantasy 15, um, it still came in uh, at tenth. So um, I don't know. Maybe we kick those numbers around sometime later. But uh, that is the tail of the tape right now. Yeah, it's just so interesting that a Call of Duty can come out so late in the year and get the right to number one. <laughs> I mean, really. And then Battlefield's right behind it, because Battlefield only came out a little earlier, and then right to number two. And the Division, it was out for a long time. That's, right? There's a lot of those things that I don't get. Like, to me, the Division kind of popped and was very hot, and then it, like, trickled to a murmur, like, within a, a month or two. Like, like, we weren't talking about that game uh, that long after its launch. Yeah, I I think uh, we played it for me and my friends played it for at least three months. I mean, it was a good, it was a great co-op game. I mean, it had its flaws. We talked about them in depth, but I think it was a great co-op game. And I think a lot of people, I saw people trickling in and getting it still a couple months in. So, but yeah, I th I think at the time though, DB, or, or maybe you guys, one of you guys remember, I thought that somebody said that uh, it was their best-selling game, right? Yeah, it was Ubisoft's best-selling game. Well, and they released a, a press statement uh, within the first two weeks of it saying it was their fastest-selling game ever, their biggest-selling game ever. Um, 
there actually it wasn't even their biggest selling. It was one of the fastest selling. It, I think it ended up beating out Destiny in terms of like first week sales. Wow. As a, as a, the biggest new franchise, new IP is what the the new stories were back in March and April. And part of that is is that it did count PC sales, where Destiny didn't have PC sales. Uh, I think one of the other factor talking about PC sales, where Overwatch trickles down to number seven, is that. Uh, all their PC sales, or not all of them, but a lot of them probably came through Battle.net, and that doesn't get counted in the NPDs. And so that may be another piece there. But. I think that is. I think that's a good point. And, and so, yeah, there was a big bump to the division when it first came out. And good point about Overwatch. I, do you think – I think NBA probably beat NF, uh, the NFL Madden because it just was out longer. Would you agree? Yeah, I just don't know. Like, I don't know how that how that game. Well, I probably get that confused. There was a very bad version of that that I bought on PC that was actually unplayable, uh, and I tried to get a refund from Steam for it, uh, and they uh, refused to honor the request for refund. So that may have been NBA Two K sixteen, though. I'm not seventeen, so. Yeah, I think the Two K franchise has been really kind of building steam over the past couple of years. Two years ago, it had the. Um, you know, it had the Spike Lee story mode aspect in it. Uh, you know, again, it it's it's been consistent, and it's really the only basketball player game in town. I mean, basketball player in the market, right? I was combining my and my phrases there, right? <laughs> so it's Smash playing that round ball, them kids. <laughs> oh. Basketball, but, it's my favorite sport. Yeah, and and me alive is pretty much dead right now. So I love the way else. you up and down the court. <laughs> nice, Gray. <laughs> Come on, you guys don't remember that from the '80s. <laughs> I do. I knew exactly what. Once you started that, dropping those beats, yes. But I think that. I mean, I think it is. It's probably been out there longer. You know, where Madden 17 only hits in in August. You know, they had, uh, and I think it also they had strong sales. You know, across different uh, platforms. Again, I think that this is where uh, the benefit of uh, you know of PlayStation. And having that larger install base is is that well, but these are only North American numbers, right? These aren't these aren't worldwide numbers. Yeah, just NPD. Yeah, yeah. Kinking so, of basketball versus football. So, no, I think it, the NPD I've always found so interesting, right? The idea of of where those numbers fall, and and the fact that a 2015 game with Call of Duty Black Ops Three still makes it into the top ten. You know, I, I think that that's is also probably a, been a challenge for. In, what they don't tell us, what they used to tell us, is quantity, right? We used to get units. Back in the mid-2000s, in the late 2000s, we got units. You know, it would be interesting to see where those Call of Duty Infinite Warfare units are versus, you know, what uh, what they are year over year, over year right? Because the, the news stories were about Call of Duty selling at 40% less than it was. You know, that was the news cycle for the first two weeks when it was out. Um, you know, and that maybe that's the case, but it still ends up at number one. I think that that's a, a, a factor there. Yeah, and no, what I'm hoping it indicates is that people are buying more units of kind of those – I don't want to say mid-tier games, but you know those games that came in ranked two to ten. I, I guess I'm, I guess what I'm saying is I'm, I'm hoping that that distribution is a little more uh, equitable, because um, whereas it, it used to be like Call Call of Duty, the Call of Duty that season would just sell like like bonkers and be millions, tens of millions of units ahead of like the next competitor. So um, 
I'm, I'm hoping that uh, that the voice track that um, they definitely saw saw 40% less unit sales. I shouldn't say definitely, but that was their projection. Um, means that uh, that the that the wealth is getting spread a little bit more evenly between those top ten. Well, thank you for sharing those numbers, Zeus. Um, I think DB has to head out. I do, gentlemen. Thanks for letting me uh, join again, and I'm glad my power held up this time, so no ice storms this week. Ah, the Midwest in in winter. You never know. Um, but I will bail out. I'll let you guys talk about if you guys do hit some uh, turn-based strategy games. Uh, as a, somebody who has stayed up late hours of the night and into the sunrise playing just one more turn, I can appreciate that. So whether that's on councils and things like Vandal Hearts and Final Fantasy Tactics and Fire Emblem, uh, but certainly whatever iteration of civilization I have lost uh, more life and love life to probably than any other game. So I'll let you guys talk about those topics and I will see you next week. Thank you, DB. Um, Prime, are you a, uh, are you a turn-based strategy game guy? Cause I am not. No, neither. I'm not. Yeah. I've never, I think so, I've played a little, little bit here and there, but that's about it. We are definitely going to hold this topic then because it would just be Zeus talking. <laughs> we got to get, we have to take this topic when DB is here. Yep. Yeah, I have absolutely no problems uh, putting it in the parking lot for now. Do we have a substitute topic we want to bring up? Just like I, I guess I guess I'd mentioned that I wanted to talk a little bit more about the shield, um, but but yeah, why don't you go into that? Because there's a new 2017 edition, right? I was really curious about that. that that's what some people call it. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's oh. the new. Uh, like it's it's kind of like saying it's the new like orange is the new black right uh and i've kind of been taken aback by the media coverage on this because um they, they in particular are uh, lauding this thing as a new de device and it's and it's and it's not i mean it's it's essentially the equivalent of the ps4 slim um okay it is it is the exact same hardware um they, they did shrink the, the footprint down a bit uh, on the console itself, and I'm not sure uh, how they did that. Uh, I, I heard one podcast today say it was because they yanked out the hard drive, um, but, but the hard drive-based unit, the 500-gig unit, is still uh, part of this lineup. So there's a 16-gig baseline unit that sells at 199 and there's still the Android TV Pro uh, that sells at 500 gigs. All right, um, let's back up a second. Yep, let's yep. tell the audience, for, for those who aren't familiar, including myself, what exactly is this device? This is not like the Switch, correct? Uh, no, although the Switch, I, I've got to go back and do some processor research because I, I believed that I believe that the Switch CPU is the same as the CPU used in this Shield Android TV. I believe you're correct. It's the Tegra X1, I believe, not the okay. 2. We were hoping for it's the one right but I, I heard somebody mention that it was the k1 which is the cpu that debuted with the updated shield tablet um which was only on the market very briefly um and i believe was was less powerful than the x1 um but but i need to do a, a little more you, you don't think it was i something? didn't hear that i thought it was the x1 because i remember seeing it and then i remember seeing the uh the uh, relaunch of the of the um the shield, and I'm like, all right, same processor, very interesting. 
Okay. And right, actually, so. the, the this this new slim version of the shield or refresh of the shield is actually going to come out a little bit before the switch, which I also thought was interesting. But yes. Can you tell tell our listeners what does this thing do? How much is the base unit, and what does it do? I mean, is it an Ouya? Is it an Xbox? Is it a uh, what is it? Uh, an Ouya is uh, is a good analog. Um, I'm trying to share my screen now. Hopefully, it's coming across. Yep. Yeah, I can see it. Um, okay, but yeah. So, so here it is. Uh, so, so the shield, the baseline shield, which comes with 16 gigabytes of storage, is 199. The Shield Pro, which is uh, a 500 gigabyte unit, not available now. You can see here that it says pre-order. Uh, is 299. Now, what this is is this is a. Um, if you're familiar with the Ouya, uh, that's you know that's that's a good analog. It is basically a um, a console, if you will. Uh, that I'm trying to get to something other than uh, this thing that's uh, streaming. Of, of of course, clicking on the link uh, in the screen share is probably not the effective way to try and control it. Um, but it's essentially, it is. Uh, Uh, it is uh, it, it's an Android-based device that uh, that connects to your TV, so it's not mobile. Um, it's basically like a puck, uh, kind of like your Apple TV, right? Um, that connects to your TV over HDMI and uh, has apps, uh, largely from the Google Play Store. There's also uh, support directly from NVIDIA uh, with with games and and some utilities, um, but. Uh, but you, but you bring this thing up, it looks like, it's kind of like big picture mode for Android um, and allows you to uh, pull down apps from the Google Play Store to, do, you know, to cover things like Netflix, uh, Plex, um, Amazon, uh, Hulu, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, Google Play Music, uh, things like that. So it is a, a full-blown multimedia device that is similar to a set-top box but this one is further specialized, you know, with it running on top of NVIDIA tech to, um, to allow gameplay. Uh, and I have the original version works great, incredibly well, uh, on my YouTube channel, rounding off infinity. Um, you can see videos on there of me playing half-life two, uh, on this device, um, uh, as, as well as, uh, some other things. So, um, so, uh, you know, back, back to the problems I have with how the media is handling this. Uh, and we're talking about this because, again, it is, for me, it's first and foremost a, uh, a video game console. Um, I, I watch some TV on it as well, um, but, it's, but it's mostly a console. Uh, so, 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 again, the problem I've been having with how the media has been talking about this is this is the exact same device from an internal uh, perspective as the one that they sold in 2014, uh, which is the one that I have. Um, you know, like I said, they, they, they said that one of the ways they slimmed it down was pulling out the hard drive bay, but the hard drive bay is still clearly available on the higher end SKU. And I don't think that the higher end SKU is going to come out like bigger than the baseline. Um, so I think the hard drive space is still in there. I don't really know how they skinnied it down. Um, but, uh, but, but the main thing that's been killing me is, you know, a lot of the media has been talking about this, about this being a, a new device and something special, that NVIDIA made or invested in. Um, but the big thing is uh, this feature, right, which is which is the 4K, um, the, the media, and it's, it's really, it's 4K HDR, and the media has been talking about that as a new feature, um, but it's not. The original NVIDIA uh, Shield Android TV uh, already had the capability to do 4K. Um, that's been there since the, 
the delivery of the device. Um, now, I will say what was there was 4K, uh, but it wasn't HDR. So, so that is new. And depending on who you talk to, um, a lot of people will definitely say that uh, that HDR is really the killer uh, feature on on these boxes. So, uh, so Prime, did you have a question? Yeah, uh, I was just going to say when you said it has uh, access to the Google Store, the Google Play Store, is that the actual Google Play Store or just kind of like a a, um, a stripped down version of it? Uh, it's just like when you access the Google Play Store on your phone or a tablet. Um, okay. It is the Google Play Store, but the Google Play Store only presents to you apps um, that uh, that 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 you can run on your device. Okay. Um, now, if you're trying to figure out a way to say this without sounding uh, arrogant, that's not my intent. If you have a bunch of Android devices, um, like I do, when you take any device to the store, I tend to see everything in the store because it, it, the store has to present to me everything that's available for every device that I own. Right. Um, so, so I tend to see most of the store's inventory. But, uh, but yes, it's, it, it curates what's presented to you uh, based on the device that you're accessing it with in most cases. And so um, you, you don't see every single app. You just see the apps that are available for Android TV, uh, which is, again, is not all of them, but um, I, a lot of the ones that you can't get to are ones that you don't that you wouldn't really want to use on in on a TV, right? Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so this is more information. It's it's 16 gig. So that's been my only point is uh, you know, and probably the biggest thing is that uh, this remote, uh, which when I bought mine in 2014, I had to buy separately to the tune of what is still the same price, 49.99. Um, but now uh, they will they just pack the remote in uh, with it. Go. So, so you know, which is which is a fifty dollars saving. So, so you know, there are there from a physical standpoint, there are a lot of hardware improvements. Like the controller was slightly redesigned, and from what I've heard, a lot of people feel like it's more ergonomic, er, ergonomic, and gives you better grip. Um, I bought this little doohickey, the stand that would obviously run you twenty bucks extra if you didn't have this uh, Amazon or if you didn't have this. Uh, I'm sorry. The, the stand is still twenty bucks, um, but the, but the remote is is like I said is packed in now. Uh, but I, I paid fifty dollars uh, separately, so um, you know it's 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 got a new it's it's wearing a different coat uh, definitely, but it's still the same uh, innards on the inside. Uh, and like I said, the the to, to say that four K HDR is an improvement is a little misleading. Uh, the four K has always been there. It's just the HDR that's being added. Excellent. Thank you for that update. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So, uh, you know, if you look at uh, 2017, Zeus, how do you see yourself dividing up your playtime between your PS4, your Xbox One, your mobile platform, I think you're running 3DS now, and your Shield? Who's going to get uh, the love? Uh, well, that is... And your PC. I forget your PC. you got a brand new PC. So that's uh, that's an excellent question, uh, and and soon to be the switch. Yeah, soon to be the switch. <laughs> a month away, I'm a little over a month away. And and so the the answer to that is this: my uh, 2017 game tracking matrix. <laughs> Are you going the DB route? So, uh, yeah, so spreadsheet. Here, I'm I'm tracking uh, what device I play on. Um, the number of daily game sessions I've completed on them, uh, the date of that session, 
Um, what I do too periodically is uh, every four cycles on a device, and usually I pay a device for like three days at a time. Um, every time I complete one of those, uh, I, I basically count up to four, and I color code them uh, red, yellow, green, and blue. And when I get to like the blue one, I go into my uh, master equipment list and go into my gaming table and go in here and uh, no, I don't select all the stuff, but I go in here and select uh, one of these that I know I haven't played for a while to try and make sure that I uh, get rotations back uh, on that device. So I've done that with like the Lenovo Y50 um, and, uh, and the PlayStation 4. So I, I'd completed like a cycle of four uh, and, I, and I was like, eh, I haven't played on the Y50 in a while. And then again with the, uh, with the PS4. So, uh, and this year, and this is, this is what I really needed to do. Like the gameplay sessions, um, yes, that's definitely over OCDing it, but <laughs> I get, uh, I get real, I mean, I've mentioned this before, right? I get really frustrated with myself when we get to the end of the year and we're like, oh, what was your favorite game of the year? And I'm like, dude, I don't even remember like what I bought like back in January. Right? So, um, so I am this year, finally, after uh, 40 years of gaming, I am finally dedicating myself to keeping a list in 2017 of everything that I played um, so I can actually hopefully have that conversation uh, intelligently uh, at the end of the... Uh... Oh, crap. Did you guys... Man, I had the thing over on the other screen. So were you guys even able to... We no, we didn't see I'm hoping we get to see some Pareto charts and oh, pie charts <laughs> this coming December. <laughs> so this is this is the spreadsheet Lenovo. I was talking about. Sorry, Lenovo's being neglected. You better uh, jump on that one. <laughs> no favorite child here. Come on, he has it down to a science, <laughs> my friends. That's actually a good idea to keep track of it, though. Like what you played, because I know I, I did the same way. By the end of the year, I'm like I have no idea what I played. I don't know. That's why I used to love X Fire. X Fire would just keep track of everything I did. Well, well, you know, and this, this, but this is the problem I've had, right? So, so, so we went through X Fire, and then uh, I felt like X Fire, the, the development of it, just started being a little bit ignored. And, and this yeah. is this, this is this master equipment list that I was talking about when I uh, was saying. So, so every fourth cycle, right after I get past it, I go in here and I, I have all my tech gadgets, but then I specifically break out my gaming systems, and I go, oh, let me pick out like, like I said, the Lenovo Y50, right, or the or the PS4, because I know I haven't played those in a while. Um, but but then there was Raptor, right, which was kind of like my uh, my big hope. And my problem with Raptor is uh, it the APIs got very uh, very buggy in terms of what it would track. And, and what really frustrated me is it, it, it wasn't tracking my PlayStation 3 game time. So it made it look like the only thing I played was PC games. Um, so eventually, I, I guess eventually I just... You know, and then as I diversified more and more, right, of course, it wasn't tracking time spent playing Android games uh, or iPad games. And so at the end of the day, I just resolved to, like, fix the problem myself, right, um, I guess is kind of the approach. Yeah, I used yeah Raptor to, was. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Good. No, I was about to say the same thing. I used to use Raptor 2 a lot. And then they actually dropped the console. Or, the, yeah. or a couple of years ago they did. I don't know. Maybe they brought it back. But I know they dropped the console um, tracking. So I kind of I right. bummed out. And I just dropped it after that. Right. And the, the, the only advantage over X-Fire was that it had the console tracking. There were these other things that it had over X-Fire, which were a little bit of fluff, but having tracking as being an Xbox and a PC player, having tracking both was awesome. Yeah. They could do stuff manually too, but I mean, then, then you have to go in there and kind of remember and do all that stuff, but do that with a spreadsheet too. So either way. 
right, right, right. Well, gentlemen, I think we're going to call it a night. Um, any final words? Let's do the final round. This is the final round. The final countdown. The final <laughs> countdown. <laughs> All right, Osiris Prime. Any last words? Uh, Final, Rocket League. More week. Rocket League this week. Oh, tell me about Rocket League. I'm sure you guys <laughs> play lots, that on the forums. Lots and lots of rock, Rocket League, yes. Who did you get to play with? Uh, I haven't actually played with anybody yet on, on Rocket oh. League. Uh, I know DB said he had it, but he has it on the PS4, so I don't have a PS4. I can't play in Rocket League. But I um, thought this was the Kumbaya of cross-play. Yeah. Solar, yeah. Solar Racer cross X. Cross-platform play. Yeah, well, if they, Sony would switch it on, maybe we could play it. But uh, Solar Racer X did say he could, he can... Um, he has it too, so hopefully I'll be able to jump with jump on in, online with him one time. And then there was somebody else I can't remember her name right now. Memphis. Uh, yes, my, my old friend Memphis, great gal. Yeah, so hopefully I can catch them online some point this week, and we can we can play. Yeah, because I haven't played with I mean other than randoms, I haven't played with anybody from CAG or anything or any friends or anything. So I definitely want to do that. But yep, more Rocket League, and of course I'll jump back into uh, the Walking Dead so I can get through my backlog. All right. Well, Zeus. Final last words. Uh, so probably the biggest thing for me is um, if you want to find my content uh, and, or what I'm writing about, uh, you will now need to go to gearworks.com, uh, which is uh, my website that I'm now running off of Squarespace. So Can you uh, uh, spell that out for the folks? Yeah, uh, G-E-A-R-W-E-R-K-Z. So, uh, Gray, you've, you and I have been uh buddies for long enough that i reckon you can remember that that used to be my uh, original domain so um and i'll actually again bring it up on the screen here real quick so uh so you can see the spelling there uh, it's just a com url so uh in there uh you know that's where i'm that's where i'm blogging now uh, i'm not super crazy with this design it's a little hard to read and tell where there's different blog posts but i'll be working on that so um, that's where most of my writings uh, will be. Um, if you want to catch my uh, video content, you can find that on Rounding Off Infinity, the channel on YouTube. Um, and uh, big games coming out here in the next couple months. So uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, which I almost slept on. Um, and, uh, and the fact that uh, there's a Mass Effect Andromeda beta that's going to be coming out here uh, pretty soon, or 10-hour trial for if you... Uh, or a subscriber to EA Access, um, or Origin Access uh, on the PC. Um, so yeah, and the, and the Nintendo Switch lineup is starting to look a little better. Uh, in addition to that, uh, Setsuna, or I Am Setsuna game that just got added to the lineup. Um, I'm not sure when this one launches, but uh, it really uh, excites me that, uh, that there uh, will also be, uh, there's a game called Fast RMX, which is kind of like a wipeout or red out uh, game. So um, that, oh, yeah. that to me is like a game style that is the perfect fit for the Switch. Uh, don't know when it's coming out, but I'm very excited about that being added to the lineup. It's good to have more games than just Zelda, Platinum, Gold. <laughs> Super awesome. Zelda Edition, Master Edition, Link Edition, Epona Edition, which is a horse if you didn't know that. See, I knew you'd help me out there, bud. <laughs> That's right. Well, guys, I'm going to close it up here. Um, thank you for co-hosting with me, and thank DB, who's already left. And I thank all of you who watch and listen every week. We'd love to hear from you.
thank you for uh, for the messages and letting us know, giving us heads up. Uh, you know, sharing your comments about what we're talking about. We love hearing that too. And uh, you know, if you like the show, like it, uh, subscribe to it, and then you can hear us every week. But that is it for today in this episode. So until next time, peace. <laughs>